Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House for Worship. There is only one God. Jesus is the light of the world. So the question today is, to see or not to see him? That is the question for any person. Order of service is found in your worship folder and on screen. Let's begin at this time with hymn 691. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not Let us then confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep.
God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all of our sins. He sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. So in peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to them. Turn our eyes away from worthless things and lead us to love you sincerely. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 
Please be seated. To see or not to see, that is the question throughout our readings today. As Jesus is the light of the world, in the first half of this lesson from Isaiah chapter 42, God is promising to send his son who would do powerful things, miracles, open the eyes of the blind, and give faith. The problem is the second half of our lesson, his own people rejected that light and they turned away from it. We read, For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back, but now like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say to images, you are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Here, you deaf, look, you blind and see. Who is blind but my servant, and they're speaking of Israel, and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one in covenant with me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but you pay no attention. Your ears are open, but you do not listen. It pleased the Lord for the sake of his righteous to make his law great and glorious. The word of the Lord. Continue with the anthem.
Our guest preacher this morning is my father, Pastor Wayne Miller, and this, is, uh, this lesson from Hebrews 11 serves as a basis for the sermon. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about we, what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man or his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud, mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied. And I, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He's a prophet. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? 
Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for him 515. I have grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> the Word of God this morning is the epistle from the book of Hebrews, uh, printed on the previous two pages of your worship folder. In the name of Jesus, in whom we have placed our faith, dear Christian friends, It was the Great Depression. Money was hard to come by. But one young entrepreneurial daredevil had a plan. He got a rocket to which he attached a thin braided wire 
and he fired that rocket from the Canadian side of Niagara Falls over to the American side. And then he took that thin braided wire and he dragged across the falls a thicker, heavier cable. Anchored it, anchored it on both ends in bedrock and covered the post to which it was attached on both sides with concrete. After some publicity and some fundraising, he came out one day to show his stuff. He brought his bicycle along. And he said to the crowds, crowds were gathered on both sides of the falls, do you believe that I can ride my bicycle across this cable, across the falls, to the other side? And the excited crowd answered, we believe, we believe. And so he took the rubber tires off his bicycle. And he put the concave frames onto the cable and he rode across to the other side. On the other side, another crowd greeted him and he taunted the crowd and said, Do you believe, do you believe that I can ride my bicycle upside down over the cable to the other side of the falls? And the crowd, of course, all hyped up, said, We believe, we believe. And so he hung his bicycle upside down on the cable and rode across to the other side. Back again on the American side, the crowd was still there cheering him on. And he taunted the crowd again and said, Do you believe? Do you believe I can ride my bicycle upside down carrying another man with me as I go? And the excited crowd said, We believe! We believe! And the daredevil said, I'm glad you believe. And he comes down to the front row where this young, excited young man I'm glad you believe, he says, because I pick you to ride with me. Kind of begs the question, doesn't it? What is faith, really? Is it merely the belief that God can do anything? Or is it throwing yourself upside down into the arms of God to be carried across the roaring, thundering falls? to the safety of the other side. Greater to the Hebrews this morning answers that question for us as he gives us a definition of faith. And to back it up, he gives us two examples from the Old Testament of people who had strong faith. All in an effort to strengthen our own faith so that we will believe and receive. Believe and receive all the blessings that God wants to put into our hands. 450 years ago, Lutheran pastors and teachers studied all the passages in the Bible that talked about faith. And all the examples of faith in the Bible. And they came up with a definition that suited what the Bible said about faith. They said that faith was a receiving organ, like an open hand, ready to receive what is placed into it. Yes, faith is something we do. It takes place inside of us, doesn't it? In our minds, 
and in our hearts. But even though faith is something that takes place in us, it is not something for which we can take credit. The Bible is very clear on the fact that we do not come to faith on our own, but it is God who draws us. Jesus himself said to his followers, nobody can come to me unless the Father draws him. St. Paul said to the Ephesians, by faith we are saved, by grace we are saved through faith. And that's not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. It is God who must draw us to faith, even against our stubborn will. It is God who must open our hands so that we are ready to receive the blessings that he wants to give us. And he draws us with the power of his word and the description of what he has done for us in the Bible. Faith comes by hearing, St. Paul wrote to the Romans. And hearing comes through the word of Christ. But remember, it is not the strength of faith that saves us. But it is the object of our faith. Weak faith and strong faith alike receive the blessings of God. All right. Let's say I tell you I'm going to put a $20 bill in every one of your hands. Uh, No, inflation going on. I'll give each one of you a $50 bill. Okay? Now, some of you have known me for a while and You trust that if I say I'm going to give you $50, you're going to get $50. So you have strong faith and confidence in me. And you hold out your hand, eagerly anticipating what is going to come. Others of you here haven't known me long or you don't know me at all. But you uh, would like to receive that $50 so you hold, well, you kind of hold out your hand too and you're not too sure what's going to happen. Now when I pass out those $50 bills, who is going to receive more? Those with strong faith with their hands held out like this, or those with weak faith who weren't too sure of what was going to happen? Doesn't everybody receive $50? And that's the same way with God. Weak faith and strong faith all receive from God the same blessings that he has promised in his word. Weak faith and strong faith receive their daily bread from God. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount that only unbelievers worry about money. Weak faith and strong faith alike both receive the full and free forgiveness of their sins. Weak faith and strong faith alike Both go to the same heaven with the same blessings. True story. Dateline, Waukesha, Wisconsin, 1982, August. I was visiting a little old lady in the hospital. She was in Waukesha Memorial Hospital, close to death. Every time I visited her for a week and a half, As soon as I came into her hospital room through the door, she would say, Oh, Pastor, I'm not sure I want to die. I'm I'm not sure my faith is strong enough to go to heaven. 
And every time I assured her, God's promises are sure. He's going to do what he says. You can trust that he will take you to heaven. But it went on. Every time I came in, she still cried out, Pastor, I'm not sure about my faith. I don't know my, if my faith is strong enough. Finally, the last time before I visited her, I was ready. As soon as she began to say, oh, I said, quiet, quiet, stop. You don't want to put your faith in your faith. Put your faith in Jesus. He is the one who made the promises. Jesus said, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Put your faith in Jesus and his promises and you will go to heaven. And stop worrying about whether your faith is strong enough. The next morning, her family called me and said that she had passed. And her daughter said to me on the phone, I don't know what you said to her pastor. But we were with her. And for the first time in a long time, she actually had a smile on her face. And she died in peace. The world around us has perverted the meaning of faith to be something that it is not. The world around us believes that you will get something if only your commitment and your desire is strong enough. If only you squeeze your hands hard enough when you pray. Believe in yourself and you'll be able to accomplish something in your life and make something out of yourself. Believe in your dreams and you can make them come true. But it is not the strength of our faith, but the object of our faith that saves. You can have strong faith in Santa Claus, strong faith in St. Nick. But even if you sit by the fireplace all Christmas Eve, all you're going to have on Christmas morning is sooty pajamas. It is not the power of our faith that saves us. It is the object of our faith. The scouting organizations and lodges in our country and the politically correct all want to keep telling us it doesn't make any difference who your God is. We all believe in the same thing. But God does not accept that propaganda. God says, I am the Lord, that's my name, and my glory I will not give to another. I alone am your Savior. The fact that it is the object of our faith and not the strength of our faith that saves us does not mean that you and I should be satisfied with a weak faith. There is a difference between weak faith and strong faith. It is not that one saves and the other does not. But it is the fact that weak faith is more likely to be stolen away and go away completely. Jesus illustrated that in his parable of the sower and the seed, didn't he? The seed that fell among the weeds was choked out by the cares and troubles and challenges of this life. 
the seed that fell on the hard road top was picked off by the devil. The challenges and the troubles and the sorrows of this life and the temptations of the devil will steal our faith if it is weak. And that is why God encourages us in the Bible to strengthen our faith. The troubles of this life will take us over if we do not read our Bibles, if we do not come to church, if we do not consider holding daily devotions with our own family members. We are taking away the very means by which God seeks to create and strengthen faith in our hearts. People who hold their $50 bill lately and people who hold on to their $50 bill with clenched fists all have $50. But those who hold it lightly are more likely to drop it, lose it, or have it stolen away from them. God wants us Consider his power and his ability when we open our hands of faith. By now, I hope you realize you're not getting $50 from me. I'm just a poor retired pastor on a fixed salary, and if I had an extra 50 bucks, I would probably put it in the offering plate rather than giving it to you. But God is rich. And God offers all the rich blessings of the Holy Scriptures to those who will open their hands at his prodding and drawing. Believe and receive all the blessings that God wants to give to you in this life. Your daily bread. Receive your daily bread with thanksgiving. The forgiveness of sins. You got ghosts in your past. You got sins that you still wonder if God can forgive? You're dealing with so many different things that you don't know if God can possibly forgive you? We are in the middle of the Lenten season. Look forward to that cross. Look forward to that empty tomb. As you look at that cross, look at the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at the blood running down the side of his face when they pressed that crown of thorns into his head. Look at the pieces of flesh that were torn out of his back when they scourged him. Look at the blood squirting out of the arteries in his hands and feet when they drove the spikes to hold him to the cross. Look at the blood flowing when the soldiers pierced his side. Was that enough to pay for our sins? Jesus himself answers when he says from the cross, It is finished! Now those are three words in the English language. But in the Greek language in which the Bible was written, that's only one word, tetelestai. That same word was written at the bottom of business transactions and sales in Jesus' day. It meant that the debt was paid in full. Nothing else was owed. Tetelestai was stamped. That's what Jesus said about his suffering and death. I paid in full for all of your sins. 
In his large catechism, in his explanation of the fifth petition, where we pray, forgive us our sins, Luther explains. He said, God does not whip up a batch of forgiveness every time we ask for forgiveness in prayer, like Grandma which whips up a batch of cookies every time we ask her for a treat. Luther said, God's forgiveness of all of our sins exists before and apart from our asking for it. We can be sure with our open hand of faith that we will receive full and free forgiveness in this life and sleep without guilt or fear of the retribution or punishment of God. Believe and receive God's promise of heaven. Another great example of faith in the Old Testament was Job. In the middle of the anguishing aspect of his life, his children had all been killed. His body was covered with sores. He was in constant pain. In the middle of all of that, Job cries out, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand at the last day upon the earth. Note. Job did not say, well, I kind of hope Jesus is going to live. I think that my Redeemer lives. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives because the promises of God are sure and secure. And Job, when he died, with his open hand of faith to God, received the things that God had promised him as the gift of eternal life. Job himself said, even though after this skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I will see God, and my eyes shall behold him and not somebody else's. Let God draw you to open up your hand of faith and receive his blessings. Your daily bread, the forgiveness of sins and the sure promise of life in heaven. Believe and receive. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for prayer. Heavenly Father, you loved the world and gave your Son to free us from sin and death by his obedient death on the cross. We confess Lord of the Church, we thank you for the treasure of the gospel. 
By your spirit, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Guard and guide those who carry a cross in the name of Christ and face ridicule and persecution for the sake of the kingdom. Like missionaries and chaplains, young people who stand up for what is right in the face of pressure to do what is wrong, and all who pay a high price for their faith and values as Christians. Keep in your care those who carry heavy burdens in life, the sick and the chronically ill, the depressed and the lonely, those torn by conflict and personal relationships, and those victimized by war and injustice. Comfort all who face the terrors of life with a heavy heart. Watch over those who care for others, pastors and counselors, physicians and nurses, social workers and caring friends, all who feed the hungry, comfort the hurting, and stand beside the dying. Heavenly Father, since Alan Kramer has knee surgery this week Wednesday on his left knee, feed his faith. Then lighten his pain and grant a successful operation as well as a swift healing following. Lord Jesus, as the prodigal son found out the hard way, his choice to leave home was foolish. Help Nevaeh Langdon discover that reality and to humbly return home. In the meantime, let your grace and mercy shine on Jay and Heather Langdon as they cast their cares on you because you do care and can help. This past Wednesday, we also called Michael and Melissa Weeding to be teachers here in our school. Put light on their path as they weigh where best to serve and where best to proclaim the gospel. Hear us, Lord, as we now pray in silence. Help us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Keep us faithful even to the point of death that we may receive the crown of life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
please stand. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated for the hymn. Welcome to our guests and visitors. We love having you come. Please come worship with us again. I'd just like to thank Pastor Miller for coming out and uh, crashing at my house last night. It was great to have you. Thanks for bringing God's word today too. Uh, as far as other announcements, Bible study is going to take place right here in the sanctuary today. The topic is baptism, all kinds of aspects of baptism. 
Uh, the, the sheets are actually already in the back. Pastor Miller's going to lead us through that too. So come feed your faith and grow with us. In, in the prayers, we did make mention that we called uh, Michael and Melissa Weeding to be principal and 3K teacher respectively. Please keep them in your prayers in the weeks ahead. They flew out to the East Coast. They have a Marine son, and so they were visiting uh, him out there. They're coming back, flying back today. So it's kind of been a whirlwind. Uh, they haven't really, they didn't uh, put together any kind of formal call acknowledgement because they already had these plans to be out of the area, but that'll be forthcoming as well in the days ahead. Those are the announcements that I have. I, I guess I do know that uh, the Pinewood Derby race is this afternoon. That's what's set up in the gym, why we're not having Bible study in there. Besides that, any further announcements for the week ahead? And please greet one another. God's blessings to all of you. Have a wonderful week.